Jason Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two shots and a red flag. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. We are hyped to be with you this evening. My good friend, Ben McKee. I don't think it's justice to call him a good friend. That's my brother, Ben McKee. Go Vols 247. Crisscrossing the Southeast to bring you Tennessee volunteer coverage. Last night, he was in Cashville. Covering the Tennessee basketball game, Tennessee versus Vanderbilt. We know the result. We don't need to get into details. And hey, we don't need to bring up old stuff. All right? We need to bring up old stuff. Ben McKee, what's up, man? What's up, Jay Swain? How are you? Man, I am blessed. Blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. Good to be here with you uh, this evening, man. This is the third time we chopped it up today, man. Consider myself it lucky. Is- it is. I'm, I'm sorry that you've had to to speak to me so much today. We recorded a, a podcast for GoVols 247. Then we talked again on on Josh and Swain for about six minutes and 24 seconds. And, and, and here we... <laughs> it was 12 minutes. It was 12 minutes. Here we are again on the Swain event. It was 12 minutes. I got confirmation. 12 minutes. It wasn't long. It wasn't long enough. We got some things to get up into today. It wasn't long enough. But you know how it is. We don't need to get into details. But we got time today. We got an hour and some change for you today. But first, Ben McKee, the statement from the SEC via the SEC Network's Twitter account. The Southeastern Conference learned today of the decision by the Big 12 Conference to alter the membership exit date for the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. We are continuing our preparation for this membership transition, and we look forward to welcoming the conference's newest members, or conference new members, and moving into a future as a six Team, team league. So basically, what's happening is we're going to see Texas and Oklahoma real soon. The president and chancellors of the SEC previously voted with unanimous approval to accept the application of Oklahoma and Texas to join the conference on July 1st, 2025. And have now authorized the conference office to proceed with facilitating the transition 
of Oklahoma and Texas to become full members of the Southeastern Conference July 1, 2024. So we're going to see Texas and Oklahoma next summer. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, Ben McKee. That's where the money is. No. Yeah, it, and and now Texas and Oklahoma, they they're having to pay a pretty penny to make make this happen. Uh, I I saw a tweet from Stuart Mandel of the Athletic that said the the fee or the fine or or whatever to initially get out of their current deal with the big 12 when, when you factor in the TV rights and, and all that fun stuff, I believe they would have had to pay 85, 90. Um, I, I think it was like two, two years worth of revenue split in the big 12. So uh, two years worth of what, what money the big 12 gives out. And I think that would have come to, to 85, $90 million. And they were able to negotiate that down to 50 million which is obviously a, a ton of money, but also schools like Texas, schools like Oklahoma, and, and them being in the SEC, that I, I would imagine that they'll be able to make up that money fairly quickly. Uh, so I, I think it I think it was a good decision by all involved, just because it would it would have been awkward for for them to to be there even longer than this upcoming football season. Uh, it, it was awkward for the the Big Twelve and and their TV deal. It was it was awkward for the SEC and their TV deal, and it was awkward just amongst tennis or Texas and Oklahoma within the Big Twelve. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you saw every school tweeting out their fancy graphics about the schedule for the upcoming year, yep. and all Texas and Oklahoma did was retweet the the Big Twelve's tweet of the schedule. Uh, so I, I know that's very, say? very minor and, and and nothing, but just to kind of speak to the awkwardness of of the, of the situation, it, it was it was just it didn't need to continue. So I, I'm excited. I, obviously, from my vantage point, I, I kind of look look at this from two different angles. From a pure sports fan and, and college athletics fan, I, I'm excited to be entertained even more. Texas and Oklahoma for SEC football is going to be so much fun, but I'm excited to see Texas and Oklahoma pave their way on the basketball floor. I'm, I'm excited to, to see them play baseball in the SEC. The SEC baseball is already so dominant from, from top to bottom that there really isn't much of a bottom. So uh, those are two nice baseball programs, especially Texas. So excited to see how they factor in there. I, from an entertainment standpoint, this is going to be really, really fun. But there's also the other side of it. Of uh, It does make it harder to, to win championships just because those are two premier programs in all of those sports that Tennessee now has to recruit against and, and play against and uh, just just simple math, more teams in the league, and, and they're not Vanderbilt or Kentucky-level schools. I mean, that <laughs> makes it more difficult. So there there is that aspect of it as well. But as long as Tennessee handles its, its business, then they'll they'll put themselves in position to, to beat those teams, just like Tennessee would have beat Texas on the football field this year, in my opinion. Tennessee just beat Texas uh, on the basketball floor. And Tennessee baseball, when they've played the last couple of years, it's been kind of a coin flip. There, there hasn't been much separation there. So as long as Tennessee handles their business, they'll be able to beat those schools, even if, even if they are premier brands and even if they are going to make life tough on everybody else. Well, it may not be tough because I think the same reason why Lane Kiffin said, you know what, I, I, 
I'll be all right at Ole Miss. I don't need to go anywhere else. It's the same reason why it may not be as tough, Ben, because we're going to expand the college football playoff. And all you have to do is be in the top 12 in a couple of years, and you got a chance to win championships. So even if the schedule is a little bit tougher, the SEC went once Oklahoma and Texas adjust to the SEC because it's going to be an adjustment period. Believe that. When they get up in this conference and, and start to have to recruit against SEC teams, they already have to recruit against SEC teams now, but it's going to hit a little bit different once you have that SEC patch on your jersey. And then when you start playing the schedule in the SEC, it's going to hit a little bit different. It's going to take some time for them boys and girls to adjust. And once they do that, it's really going to be fun. But even if you drop a game or two in the SEC now with the college football playoff expanding, Ben, hey, we we going to be in a party. We yeah. we might not have enough money to get in the club, but they're going to drop the prices. We're going to be able to get in. We're going to be able to get in, man. We, we don't have the cash to, to, to pay the door cover, but they're going to drop the prices for us. We're going to be able to slide in now 12 uh, playoff expansion. So that's what I thought of once I saw um, – Texas, Oklahoma coming into the league after the news of the expansion. But it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. And um I think at the end of the day, we wanna be entertained. We want our teams to win, but we wanna be entertained. And um we're gonna get that. Like Tennessee, Texas in basketball the other weekend was a whole lot of fun. It, it was a, a whole lot of fun. So from an entertainment standpoint and and even like entertainment standpoint or or strictly Tennessee fan standpoint like like how could you not get excited as a Tennessee fan about going out to Austin to watch Tennessee and Texas play football or going back to Norman to watch Tennessee and, and Oklahoma play football and, and and I know that you know football always comes first and foremost and, and not everybody is gung ho about basketball and, and baseball like like they are football. Mm-hmm. But I know from my personal perspective, like I'm excited to go out to to that new arena in, in Austin and, and watch Tennessee and Texas play basketball. I'm excited to go out there and 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 watch Tennessee and Texas play baseball. That is going to be a ton of fun. And and like Oklahoma's a per, a premier brand as well. That that'll be fun to go out to Norman for for those other sports as well. So and I know it's it's a little bit different for me because I I do cover the games for a living so it's a little easier for me to make the the trips because it's it's work related yeah but like i'm like from a work perspective i am super excited about getting to cover tennessee play texas and oklahoma and in all three of those sports because and i i mean i think this goes back to being a tennessee fan i mean we kind of have seen it with the basketball team this year the the home schedule stunk this year for basketball. It, it has not been ideal. I mean, outside of Texas and Kentucky, I mean, those were the first two like exciting home games that that Tennessee has has played this season. Or or we can look at Georgia's football schedule next year. It, it's Charmin soft. So to to have What's better saying? games on the schedule, how how can you not be excited to to see Tennessee play in in higher quality? of games because that that's what you're going to get just more opportunities to to play on the national stage and uh, I'm excited uh, about that that'll that'll be really really fun and, and it'll create a, a ton of excitement because the SEC is is already so dominant in so many ways 
mostly across the board in, in each sport. Obviously, you have your programs here and there in each sport that are that are lacking and 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 bad. But for the most part, all of these schools in the SEC are committed to to winning in football, basketball, and baseball. And when you add two premier brands like Texas and Oklahoma, it, it's going to make for an entertaining season in each of those sports. Yeah, we got, you know, Missouri this weekend. You still got to play Arkansas at home. Arkansas is getting better. Uh, they'll, they're getting healthier. And then you play Alabama. So you got three three games left on, on the schedule. I think that will be pretty good as far as home games. But I, I feel you. No, I, I feel you. Um, all right, let me get to the text box. The telephone number to to the show is 865-255-03. You just give us a call, and uh, I'll put you on hold and, and put you right through. As soon as we can, just tell us where you are calling from and your name, and uh, we would love to hear from you. On the free Swain Event app for Android Apple devices, you can go to the the um, feature that allows you to text us, send in a text, and we can read any comment or question that you, that you have. So Central Vol, Central Florida Vol, says, Ben, can you project a hitting lineup for next week, please? I I cannot predict the order in which the lineup will be. Um, I, I have an idea of, of where guys will be slotted, but I, I don't – I'm, I'm not going to list one through nine, but I, I can tell you most likely who, who's going to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, at catcher, it's going to be Cal Stark, who is a junior college signee, who is originally from Knoxville, but he's back. It'll, it'll be him or Charlie Taylor behind the plate catching. It'll be Blake Burke at first base. It'll be Christian Moore at second base. Maui Ahuna, the transfer shortstop from Kansas, he'll be at shortstop. Oh, which, you know, who's at first base? Blake Burke. My man. <laughs> I, I'm excited to watch Blake Burke. It sounds like he's had a really good offseason, and he is going to hit a, a ton of home runs this season if if he stays healthy. And that's kind of what I mean by, like, I, I don't know exactly where these guys are going to slot in. Uh, but I know like Blake Burke is going to hit in the middle of the lineup. I, I don't know whether that's the three hole, four hole, five hole, but he'll be somewhere in there. I would imagine the four hole because he is that power hitter and, and can drive in runs. But I mean, I I think he's a, a more complete hitter than maybe people realize. And I could also see him being in the, in the three hole, but you know, he's going to be in the, the middle of the lineup, just like Christian Moore. He, he's probably going to be up there in, in the two or three hole. Uh, Maui Ahuna, he, he let off if I remember correctly. In in the fall scrimmages, he's going to be at the top of the lineup. So you you know kind of who's going to be towards the top. Um, but Christian Moore at second, Maui Ahuna, the transfer from Kansas at shortstop. And, and speaking of shortstops, I want to give a quick shout out to Liam Spence, who was on Liam. the team that went to Omaha, the starting shortstop on the team that went to Omaha. Uh, very underrated player, kind of came out of nowhere after signing with Tennessee out of JUCO. He's going to play for Australia in the World Baseball Classic, which is a really cool honor. And Liam Spence is is uh, Tennessee baseball has had a ton of the good ones, but he is like truly one of the 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 good good ones. Like yeah. coaches absolutely love him, his teammates absolutely love him. He's an awesome guy. So that that's really cool to see. Uh, Alabama transfer Zane Denton. He's going to hit, or he's going to play at third. Uh, left field is going to be Griffin Merritt, the Cincinnati transfer. And then center field and right field, it's going to be interesting. And Tony Vitello has said in multiple interviews so far 
this preseason that this opening weekend, next weekend in Arizona, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday will feature a different starting lineup in the outfield. And that's because they have so many guys out there that that have the ability to play. Uh, I, I do think Griffin Merritt is the one that we know for sure. Uh, the, the former AAC player of the year that, that transferred in from Cincy, he's going to be in left field. Uh, and then center field, you've kind of got a couple of options. Uh, Jared Dickey could could play center field, but I think he's more of a corner outfielder. I would think that Kyle Booker starts out there in center to to start the season. But I also wouldn't rule out Christian Scott just because he's a veteran and he plays really, really good defense and coaches love Christian Scott. Uh, so I could certainly see that. And, and then also in, in right field, you have the two dynamic freshmen in Dylan Dryling and Reese Chapman who they're going to get plenty of opportunities to to be factors as freshmen this season. So uh, you, you've kind of got five guys between Booker, Scott, Dickey, Chapman, and Dryland. you got five guys vying for, for two spots out there. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how that shakes out this weekend. And honestly, you have Kavaris Tears, who hits absolute bombs. I mean, he, he has as much power as Blake Burke. Uh, he, he's just been more of a developmental type of prospect and, and he'll factor. He can play in the outfield, has a cannon for an arm, can play first base. Uh, I expect him to get some early opportunities in the season as well. So it'll be fun to see how it shakes out. Uh, that's the one thing you can expect leading into conference play is outside of the guys that you can not even pencil in, but Sharpie in, Tony's going to have a, a ton of different lineups the first month, month and a half of the season. And, and a bunch of guys are going to get opportunities and, Whoever makes the most of those opportunities, they're going to be your guys going into SEC play. Chip Payne wants to know if uh, Ben Stiller is going to be <laughs> calling games this weekend or will be calling the game or games next weekend in Arizona. Ben Stiller Jr. A.K.A. Jeffrey Macias, who – uh, does not have a good relationship with this Tennessee coaching staff. Uh, he he was the one that threw out Ross Kivett against Virginia. I think that was Virginia, or was it the Texas game? I think it was the Texas game, maybe. I don't know. He he He's the one that threw out Ross Kivett in, in the College World Series when Ross Kivett had his meltdown in, in the dugout. He was the third base coach that, or the third base umpire that game that, that threw him out, or maybe he was the home plate umpire and, and was just on the crew. Um, and, and then obviously more known for being the umpire that Tony Vitello chest bumped last last season uh, after uh, Frank Anderson was ejected. And, and that that story, Swain, has kind of come full circle because I mentioned Alabama transfer Zane Denton, who is from the Nashville area. Uh, he is going to be Tennessee's starting third baseman this season. Mm -hmm. If you remember, Tony got mad because Frank Anderson got mad. Frank Anderson got mad because he felt like the Alabama third base coach was relaying signs to the Alabama hitters, which is not uncommon in baseball, but they felt like he was out of the coach's box over at third base and looking into Chase Dolander's glove. And that's how he could see what pitch was coming. And, and so that's a little unorthodox. That That's not the, the traditional fair is fair type of way of, of stealing signs in baseball. He was out of the coaching coach's box and looking into the glove of Chase Dolander and then giving it to the hitter. And Zane Denton, Tennessee's new third baseman, is, is the one that hit the line drive 
that hit Chase Dolander on the elbow and knocked him out, which made Frank mad, which made Tony mad, and made Tony chest bump Jeffrey Macias. So that that's a pretty unique full circle moment. But sounds like he's going to be an umpire. I said today on Josh and Swain, I, I don't know 100% fact that he's going to be an umpire next weekend in Arizona, but it, I, I think I, I heard that. So we'll, we'll see if it actually happens. But I, I think he's based out of Arizona, so it, it would make sense. Man, he live in Arizona with that with that mustache? <laughs> he looks like a guy from Arizona. How you know what people from Arizona look like? He just looks like somebody that lives in the desert. <laughs> he look dusty. Yeah, he, he looks like he's been standing outside in, just, in a dust storm just, just, too long. Just thirsty, just out there just chilling. I mean, he's got, he's real tan. Yep, yeah, 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 he's tan. Yeah. So I, I, I'm putting together a side-by-side. He really does look like Ben Stiller. So that... That'll be Hold pretty on. unique. I'm putting I'm putting together side by side. I gotta I got I gotta see this for myself. I've seen it before, but it's been a while. All right. It's been a while. Here we go. You ready? For the good people watching. Here's a side by side of Jeffrey Macias and Ben Stiller from Happy Gilmore. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. They look pretty, pretty. They, they, they look related. They look, they look related, man, for sure. If he is one of the umpires, or are you predicting a Tony Vitello ejection at some point? No, I think I think Tony is going to adjust from last year, the year before. Like, I think you grow. As a head coach, I think you are going to still be who you are, be fiery, be the, the coach that your players love, the coach that can get the best out of your players. But I think there's some adjustments that, that, that Tony is going to make. And um, we saw last year in the postseason where Drew Gilbert allowed his emotions to get the best of him and he was unable to help his team. So I think there's going to be some adjustments. Don't you think there's going to be some type of adjustment? I I think it would be best <laughs> if there is some some adjustment, and not that Tony needs to to change who he is, but when on the rare occurrences in in which things have really spiraled out of control for Tennessee, or or when things have gone bad, it's it's been because they. They lost it emotionally and and mentally. So I agree with with what you're saying. I don't know that it'll actually happen, um, but I, I I don't think it would be the the worst idea to to implement some parameters uh, <laughs> within the dugout when things don't go their way to to not be so emotional and 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 be so over the top. There, there's nothing wrong with being passionate, obviously, and and working the the umpires it's no different than basketball coaches yeah. working referees throughout the game or yeah. Josh Heupel working the referees uh, along the sideline like that that's the game within the game right yeah, for but sure. you, you you can't fly off the handle there, there there's a difference between working the officials and and flying off the handle to where it turns into a a detriment to to where you shoot yourself in the foot so yeah. i don't know tony's still fairly young 
and very passionate, obviously. So it is one of those believe it when I see it type of things. Uh, it's what makes him so great. But again, when things have unraveled, it, it's been because they they just completely flew, flew off the handle. And it, it did, I think, mess with the team for, for the remainder of those games, whether it be the Notre Dame series or or, or whether it be Texas. I, I just think it comes with experience. Swing, yeah, obviously. Sure. I, I don't think it's anything that he, he's wrote down or wrote down and, and said, Oh yeah, I've got, I'm going to change this. I just kind of think it comes with age and experience yeah. and, and at some point it'll set in. Yeah. I mean, everybody goes through it. I mean, we, we, we in our everyday lives aren't the same person that we were, you know, a year ago or five years ago, whatever. So, I mean, you only expect for a coach to adjust a little bit, um, you know, especially a team that, I mean, we we was wilding yesterday. We was wilding last year, Ben. We was wilding. Like, we, we was. Now, yeah. it was fun to be the most hated team. Like, it was cool. Uh, and our team thrived off that. But, you know, I, you can adjust a tad bit. There ain't nothing wrong with adjusting a tad bit. And I think, like, your team, the Grizzlies, they've become one of the most hated teams now because they be talking too much. And they ain't won nothing. And you can look at Tennessee baseball, kind of say the same thing. Like, all right, you won in the regular season, but having won in, in Omaha didn't get there last year. So it might be time to be a little bit more humble, but still keep that edge to yourself, but just adjust a tad bit. That's all. Like, don't change. You didn't have, you didn't have to bring up the Grizzlies, okay? I'm just making an example. I just, uh, it, 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 it ain't personal. That example, okay? It ain't personal. I, 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 I like the Grizzlies. I like John Morant, but it's the truth. You know it is. I, I do too, but he's getting on my nerves. He's been doing too much. You know, it's true. Dylan Brooks. I'm just completely fed up with Dylan Brooks. I, I am. It's I true. just absolutely despise the fact that they did not trade him. Don't get mad. It's today. No, nobody shoots more shots and misses more shots than that guy. He literally leads the NBA in volume shooting while not making them. Oh, it, yeah. it is. It oh, is absurd. Yeah. But, I don't want to hear me. I don't want to hear nothing from you about 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 the trade deadline because the Bulls didn't do a damn thing today. I I did see it. I I kind of I'm gonna spin it in a positive way for you, Swain. I saw a report and it it wasn't Woj or Shams, but it was one of the the other. It was like a Mark Stein or, or somebody like that. Somebody else that is very well respected. Uh, the, because Toronto caught a lot of flack as well for for not moving on from guys or, or whatever. In fact, they, they trade traded for Yaka Pertle from the Spurs and, and not that Yaka Pertle's KD or anything, but that, that is more of a, a win now move than a offloading OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam or, or somebody like that. They, they reported that uh, with, with KD and Kyrie moving out that, I mean, in, in the East, it's the, the Sixers bucks and, and Celtics and that Toronto and Chicago did not sell its pieces because that that was more what the Bulls were linked to than anything is whether they would trade DeMar DeRozan or, or Zach Levine or, or somebody like that. But apparently the Bulls and and Raptors are all in on on trying to to win now. Now that KD and Kyrie has left, the the East is a little more open. So the Bulls are trying to win, Swain, and you should appreciate that. They're not trying hard, man. They're not. But – with Don't with Tony V and the baseball team, I want them to continue to be emotional and passionate, but you've got to harness it in in the right way. And and we're not saying 
they they need to to lose their edge no, and no, get no. away from the edge. It's the it's the over the top ridiculous stuff that needs to be cut out. Yeah, yeah, Flipping yeah. off the outfielder when you're rounding the bases that that is dumb okay. and, and can can happen. Tur- turning around mid at bat, whether it was the right call, wrong call, agreed or, or disagreed, you can't turn around in the middle of an at bat with your season on the line and mf the umpire two nah, to three you times. Can't, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. You can't chest bump an umpire. It's funny. I still laugh about it, but like you, you can't do that. And, and even when like Drew Gilbert turned around and MF the, the umpire two or three times in the middle of an at bat, like Frank Anderson can't come <laughs> unglued and, and out of the dugout and get ejected in that moment. Like those are the things that need to stop happening. It's, it's not the the playing with an edge and bat flipping and celebrating like keep doing all that keep stuff. Keep doing that, that that's fun. Yeah, it, yeah, it's the it's the unsportsmanlike things. What yeah. I would say that that needs to be cut out. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, hundred percent. Just an adjustment. I mean, it's just like it's just like my man Uros. Like play with an edge, but don't be out here getting no damn technicals because you staring right at the player, calling them too small. You can't. Do that, man. You gotta... That call was weak, though. No, that one. call was no real. One. No one. No one. You... It's right call. It was when it was you right sit call. around and see Wendell Green do it five minutes later, and they don't get they don't call nothing. You that... can't stare at him. You, you, you can't do that. That's taunting. That... You can't stare at him. Yes, it is. But that is, whether you like it or not, that's a thing in today's basketball. It that... happens in college. They're not staring it happens at him. in the NBA. It happens in, in the girls' games as well. I've, I've seen Angel Reese do the little Tucson – the the girl at LSU who's balling this year, she does it to every single opponent every single night. The, you the, whether you like it or not, you it's a thing in basketball. You can't meme up. You can't stare at them. That's soft. No, it's, you can't do that. It happens all the time at every level, and it never gets called until Urosh does it. When I see people do the, the too small sign, they minding their business. They got their eyes forward. They minding their business. They got their eyes forward going to the other side of the court. They're not staring the dude down. They're not doing that, Ben. You, you, you can't Soft. do that. Soft. Can't do that. Soft. Soft. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. You're going to call on Uros. Call on Wendell. Wendell didn't, didn't mean mug. He didn't stare us down. Can't do that. He's too busy flopping the mean mug. Man, you ain't never lied. Man, when he... <laughs> when, he when, when his legs was around... Olivier, I was like, man, he looked like he on a pole or something. Like he trying to get some dollars. <laughs> the worst, the worst was his tweet afterwards, saying that Olivier, like, what do you want me to do with my legs when when the defender is invading my space? And and look, I do think Olivier fouled. Oh, it was definitely I, I don't, foul. I, I think that he, he definitely did. Yes, yeah, like he foul. he did not give wendell green the the correct amount of space to yeah, land was, safely yeah, but wendell did not have to f- wrap his legs around olivier like olivier was a stripper's pole How like he cut? didn't have to do that and he had been doing it all 40 minutes like you're not yeah. going to get the call in those minutes when you've been flailing your legs like that all game long and all season long and look i watched him play this this past game against AM on the road and he was not flopping as much as he typically does. And what do you know? His shots were going in, he and he played really, really well. He learned a lesson. I had to cover my dog's eyes. He was watching me. I had to cover his eyes. 
It was just inappropriate. I had to cover my kids' eyes. Like, what? what is going on here, Wendell? All right, let me get to the phone right quick. We got to take a break. Good evening. You should cover your kids' eyes when, uh, what's his name, didn't even duck the ball last night. Oh, they were asleep. They woke up this morning. They were like, did Tennessee win, Daddy? <sighs> no, baby, they didn't win. No, oh, baby, they didn't man. win. Come on. Come on, Vols. <laughs> that's, that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Vols. Uh, guys, what's wrong with having a little bit of an edge? That's what Wayne Events always been about it, anyway. That's, we didn't say that anything's wrong with having an edge. We said keep the edge, but you can't flick people off. You can't chest bump the umpire. You, you just can't do all that, Volstorm. You know better. I'm, hey, hey, hey. I flip off Ben every time he comes on your show. But but that's okay. That You <laughs> you you can do that. You're not going to get in trouble for that. Ben will get in trouble for that, though. Yeah, Ben can't do that to you. And I can't do it. <laughs> Even though I just know, want to. Just know every time you every time you pop up on the on the <laughs> over on Swain's show that uh I'm I'm saying hello to you. <laughs> <laughs> he was there today, man, did a good job. All twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't what he said. He said six. He lied. You forgot to factor in the commercial break. No, nah, it was 12 minutes without the commercial. I'm sitting here looking at the uh, segment right now. I got it right here. 12 minutes. Hold on. I'll tell you exactly what it was. Eh, it I was, was double-checking. It was a little under 12. It was like 1130. It, was, it wasn't 6, but it wasn't 12 either. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was, It was. was 11 minutes and some change. It was 10. <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't that short. It was about 11 and some change. We cover a lot My, of stuff, though, Volstom, all right? We cover a lot of stuff. Apple, Apple Podcast says 11 minutes. See? See? On a dot or some change? I, I don't know. It just says 11 minutes. See? It wasn't six, Ben. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty standard segment. Anyways. That, that includes the before and after Lane. pauses. No, I wasn't no pauses today. We would spit the fire. Guys, can you imagine the looks on uh, the Texas or Oklahoma team's faces when they walk into Vanderbilt? <laughs> you mean basketball or football? Either. All of them. Um, I mean, they should be excited because they know they're about to get a easy a dub. <laughs> Are they going to be more shocked by going to, to, to Vanderbilt or Columbia, Missouri? Oh. Oh. Um, it's it's been Vanderbilt. so long since they play Missouri. They'll be like, "What is in your end zone? <laughs> what that rock? Rocks? Y'all added more what rocks and painted them? Rocks? <laughs> but I mean, Mizzou used to be part of the Big Twelve, so they they saw each other right. before. Not these current players and coaches. Well, that is no. true. Mm-hmm. Who, who got who got some of the worst stadiums in the Big Twelve? Let me see. Let me see here. Ooh, at least, yeah, at least Nash. At least when you go to Vanderbilt, at least you get to spend the night before in Nashville. Well, the players don't care; they can't go out. I'm sure some sneak out. Oh yeah, it's Kansas. Yeah, yeah. But Kansas Stadium, it might be. Uh, I was about to say it's better than Vanderbilt, but it looks about the same from this view. <laughs> Vanderbilt Stadium's all tore up right now. 
I don't want to talk about Vanderbilt. I'm still sensitive. Because they're closing the, the end zone. What they do? Put sky, they put skyboxes in. I, I don't want to bring up Vanderbilt right I, now, I, man. It's still, it's still fresh. They're closing in. They're closing in that open end zone. <laughs> they are really. I, I don't know that they're necessarily closing it in, but Wait. they're like they're doing something in in that north they, end zone. They're gonna set up some folding chairs. The they're gonna set up some fold chairs like the fan, <laughs> like the family reunion or a church event. All right, everybody, get your own chair. Put up put up your own chair. All right. The closet over there. The the closet over there. Everybody, pick up your own chair and fold it up yourself. That's all they're gonna do. Let me stop. Oh, good. Oh yeah, they're like they're closing it in. I'm happy for them, though, man. Athletes deserve it. Yeah. uh I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. How fast do you think the SEC is either going to schedule Tennessee, Texas, or Tennessee, Oklahoma? Uh, I hope it's Tennessee, Texas. That's what I. That's what I hope. Because you know they're chopping at the bit. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me let me back up a little bit. Let me let me back up. I forgot who our head coach was. You know what? I I want to see Tennessee, Oklahoma before uh-huh. Tennessee and Texas. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Give him a chance to be another Clemson coach. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be great. That'd be great. That would be fantastic. But we got some time. We got some time. And Austin's beautiful. Austin's a beautiful um, town, city. I love Austin uh, a lot. You know, Norman, it's, it's, it's all right. You know, you got to roll up in you know, Oklahoma City and then drive over a couple minutes to get to Norman. But like Austin. Austin is awesome. So Tennessee fans that travel there, you will you, you're gonna love it. Yeah, it'd be a nice mix of orange and brown. Orange and brown. You're right. Doo doo brown. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're right. Hey guys, before I go, since we're putting up side by sides, make sure and put up the one of Ben and Steph Curry, and then a one of Swain and a bobblehead. See you, boys. <laughs> Uh, that's good. That's good. I miss I miss Ballstone. I miss that right there. I miss that energy. I miss that energy. I love a nice little jokey joke. That one was actually funny. <laughs> good, good job, Ballstone. 865-255-03. We'll take a quick timeout. You are listening and watching the Swain Event live from the Low T Center Studios. Swain Event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Stay Right here with us. Be right back. Guys, if you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. You know you need to stop playing around and schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or you just want the convenience of at-home treatment, all good. Low-T Center makes it easy to get started on treatments. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low-T Center, reinventing men's health care. Top 100 barbecue restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup 
or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey there, Swain Event fam. Happy to be back with you on the weekly show. And although our Swain Event schedule has changed, I'm still here on a daily basis to help you with your real estate needs. So if you are still looking for your forever home, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! You're listening to The Swain Event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, man. So good to be with y'all this evening. So good to be with you if you are listening on, on the podcast. Be Friday, could be Saturday, whenever you listen. We're just glad that you're listening. We appreciate you. Good to be with you. The sky's not falling, even though Tennessee uh, lost at the buzzer last night to, to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt deserved to win. They deserve to win. Got to tip the cap. Give credit what credit's due. We got some work to do. We got some adjustments to make. Tennessee is still a really good basketball team that can do some damage, but they got some work to do. Got to figure it out. This team was in the same position last year. Won a conference championship tournament. Came up a little short that in the big tournament, though. And um, that's something that we don't we don't want to see. We want this team program to go further than uh, the second round. All right, let's get to the phones. Let's get to uh, our guy, Turkey Man. Turkey Man, what is up? Hey, uh, I was going to say good, good to hear from both of you this, morning, or this evening. He mm-hmm. used to saying good morning. Gotcha. And, uh, but, uh, everybody, everybody gets uh, caught up in just being a habit, ain't it? Yeah, a little uh, bit. What I was going to ask uh, Ben, uh, is it Anderson, the baseball of the pitching coach? You know his name, Anderson? Yes, Frank Anderson. Uh, how many games, what games will he have to miss uh, as far as the season? I believe it's just the first one. I, I think it's just one one game because I think he had a two-game suspension. I'll, I'll have to double-check on that. But I believe it's just the first game. At most, it's the first two. No, no more than the first two. But I think it's just the first and, one. And what will that be? You know, it's first and two. Who do we play first? Uh, they're playing in a tournament out in Arizona to start the, the year. They'll play next Friday night against Arizona, the University of Arizona, which traditionally has a good baseball program. Uh, And then they'll play Grand Canyon on Saturday, which they also have a sneaky good baseball program. And uh, they they actually have one of the the cooler baseball stadiums in the country, uh, as you can imagine, kind of situated out there uh, in the desert. And they also have their shortstop, Jacob Wilson. His dad played in the big leagues for a long, long, long time. And is, is he's one of the, the best prospects in, in all of baseball. He, he's projected to be a top five, top 10, top 15 at worst first round pick in June. So that'll be a fun matchup. I'm, I'm assuming Chase Burns starts game two. 
Uh, so Burns versus Wilson, that, that'll be a fun matchup to watch. And, and then they play UC Davis San Diego, I believe, uh, on on Sunday. So uh, three different teams to, to start the season. And, and then they come back and their first home games will be on Tuesday, the 21st, and Wednesday, the 22nd against Jason Swain's hometown Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Okay, I heard you uh, say uh, the catcher. Who uh, who was it that you said that that uh, a new catcher's come in? Who, who who was it? Yeah, his name is Cal Stark. Uh, I believe he is a Hardin Valley kid. Um, he he was he's from Knoxville and went off and played junior college baseball, and and he's back and uh, he he is he's somebody that's going to factor in. Uh, for sure, he, he's really good with the bat. Charlie Taylor is 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 back and is probably not probably he is better defensively, um, but Cal Stark is better offensively. So so that'll be an interesting dynamic to see how Tony Vitello handles that. But the the new catcher back there is is Cal Stark. Well, is our is our pitchers going to be able to hold runners better than this year? Have you heard anything? <laughs> Uh, no, because that, that. nope. I, it's not that they don't work it on it, uh, Turkey Man. It's a it's a philosophy. Um, they, Frank Anderson, cares more about the war at the plate than the battle on the base. That that's how they look at it. And it's not that they completely ignore the runner on base because that, as you know, Turkey Man, being a former baseball coach is not a smart thing to do and can can really put pressure on a pitcher and, and on a defense. Um, but they if, if there's a, a runner on first and, and there's two outs, or even if there's a, a runner on second and, and two outs, the, the mindset and the philosophy is that the, the runner on base does not matter if you get the guy out at the plate. So um, that they, they view the, the base runner as a – battle and they view the the hitter at the plate as the war and they want to win the war instead of the battle so uh do not anticipate anything necessarily changing from a a catching standpoint i mean connor pavaloni is is one of the best defensive catchers to come through tennessee and even not he but tennessee struggled to throw out runners under his his guidance if you want to call it that behind the plate um just because that they care more about getting the hitter out than they do worrying about the runner on base i heard that they had a new rule of uh, timing the time uh, from pitcher receiving the ball to pitcher pitches the ball uh that yeah. did they did they implement major league baseball does time? major league baseball yeah. does uh that they're implementing this this season um a, a pitch clock and, and college baseball has has had a kind of uh a pitch clock and appreciate you calling in turkey man hope hope you're doing well hope you and the family are are, are doing oh, well appreciate you. hearing your voice um but the sure. college baseball does does not have the same pitch clock that um major league baseball is going to have this year got it got to help speed up these games so the Jason Swains of the world want to sit down and, and watch baseball. I'm good, man. Hey, Tennessee home games, I'm good. 
Yeah, I can watch. The, the, I, I can watch Tennessee Bulls. baseball play. That's about that's about the only team I can watch. Yeah, I, I I get it. I know baseball's not for everybody. Uh, if I did not grow up playing baseball, and if that was not the sport that I was best at, then I would probably feel the the same exact way. But the the new rule this year is that there's a a run rule uh, that is being implemented. Uh, a ten run rule after seven innings within conference play. Uh, Andrew Hutchinson, who covers Arkansas, uh, he tweeted this earlier this week, and and I have not seen an official release from the SEC or, or college baseball as a whole, but Tony Vitello did vaguely mention it to the media when he met with the media two, two and a half weeks ago. Uh, he he kind of, we were vaguely discussing things uh, when he finished his press conference, and and that was something that he vaguely mentioned going into place, and uh I it, it obviously stirred up a lot of conversation this week. I don't think it's going to be as prevalent as people realize. I don't like the, last year, Tennessee baseball, that, that was an uncharacteristic season. So it would have happened a couple of times, but I, I saw one of the Florida writers. He, he tweeted that last season that that rule only would have gone into effect once for Florida. And, and I think they played 30 conference games. So I don't think it's going to be implemented as, as much as people realize, but uh, it, it is going to be a thing. Uh, it, from an entertainment standpoint, it would be better if it was during non-conference play. Uh, th- those games where Tennessee's playing Iona and Rhode Island and it's yeah. 20 to one or 20 to nothing in the fifth inning, yeah. those would be the games for the run rules. But the coaches don't want the run rules in those non-conference games. Tony Vitello flat out said that he he doesn't want the run rule for non-conference games because he has a bunch of pitchers on her on his roster that needs work and if there's run rules then those pitchers are not going to get the work that they need uh, another question for you speaking of pitchers give us the four-man rotation well it'll be a, a three-man rotation for the weekend obviously you, you can kind of look at it as a four-man rotation if you include the the midweek game. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to be Chase Burns, Chase Dolander, and Drew Beam. And th- those are the the three, and I, I don't anticipate them switching up the order. I would be very surprised if it wasn't Dolander in game one every weekend, Burns in game two every weekend, and, and Beam in game three, just like it was last season until Beam kind of hit a, a freshman wall. And then Blade Tidwell, aka Titty, came back from from wow. injury. Wow. Uh, so it, it'll be those three. I think the more intriguing question is is who starts the the midweek games, and, and that is usually a conversation that is probably talked about too much. Um, I mean, th- those midweek games, it, it doesn't really matter who starts. Uh, Tony, speaking of trying to get guys work, that that's what midweek games are for, trying to to get everybody work. Whoever doesn't pitch on the weekend or to get guys ready for the weekend, get them an inning or so. Um, and, and I would I would think that Xander Seacrest has a bigger role out of the bullpen this season during conference play and, and against better opponents. But he was the midweek starter last year, so I, I don't know why he wouldn't be again this year uh, unless there's a, a freshman pitcher or uh, – I, I think it would be a freshman pitcher um, or, or somebody that I'm just not kind of – that's not on my radar that, that would start those games. So I, I kind of think it's going to be the same as last year. The, the bigger question with the pitching staff is what is the, the pecking order in the bullpen look like and, and what kind of roles come from the bullpen? Who, who is the guy that Tony V is going to, to trust most? It's going to be Camden Sewell, uh, but who is kind of that number two and, and number three guy? 
you, you lose Will Mabry, so who's going to be the lefty specialist that comes in to, to get a lefty out? Uh, you, you lose Redmond Walsh. Who, who's going to get the ball in the ninth inning to close the game out? Or uh, who, who's coming in uh, in the seventh or eighth inning uh, in addition to Camden Sewell to get Tennessee out of a big jam if need be? That that Those are the bigger questions with the pitching staff. Yeah. All right, let me hit this text box up. And then we'll take another quick time out and come back and uh, wrap everything up. Uh, Chip Payne says, I, I hope I hope this don't get us in trouble. And, and I'm, I'm not saying this because like it's anything crazy, but like I, I hope Jeffrey Macias ain't somehow watching or find this and then take it out on Tony and the team. But we'll see. Chip Payne said it wasn't me. Chip Payne said it, so get mad at Chip Payne. Says the Jeffrey Macias looks like he has a white panel van with curtains. Jeffrey Moore says Jeffrey Macias. Is now forever known as Dusty Macias. Dusty Macias. The Ballswire, aka Dan Harrelson, he he put out a story a couple of days ago that Tennessee Arizona baseball games could feature umpire Jeffrey Macias. So that that is what I was uh, referencing uh, earlier. So could in, in, in the show could not confirm. Feature he has a history of officiating Tennessee and Arizona games and did so last season. Uh, so, and cause if you remember, there was that big story about how Jeffrey Macias had the dust up with the Arizona coach, like right after he had the dust up with Tony V. So, but if, if college baseball was smart and I, I I'm assuming college baseball makes those decisions and not the tournament itself. If college baseball is, is smart, why would they put Jeffrey Macias as an umpire? in in the one game that features the two teams that Macias made headlines with last season. And it's the start of the season. We got time we start the season off with that with that nonsense. Uh Jeff Moore says you should be able to mean mug all damn day. Well in basketball you get texts. In football you can get away with a little bit more. Baseball I there's no rules. It's all unwritten. I I think Urosh got that technical because of his name is Urosh Plavshik. He stared him down, Ben. Yes, I I know that he did, but I don't I I don't think it's called as frequently as as you were making it out to be. Because no one else stares them down when they do it. No, that that's my point. That that's like I I I Uros feel like did it wrong. Urosh has Urosh has a reputation and gets a quick whistle now. That that and and if you just watch the the referees when Urosh is in the game, I mean the moment they blow their whistle, they are running over to Urosh, even if Urosh is not doing anything, because they're just trying to make sure Urosh doesn't do anything. So I I think that was more of a reputation tech than not, because I I watch a whole lot of basketball at every level, and I see what Urosh did all the time and and staring him down not staring him down too little not too little on his head like i i see all the little new slangs of, of how to insult your opponent and it it those never get called unless you say a magic word i don't, I don't see no mean much i think i think that was a urosh plastic technical because he's urosh plastic that, that's my opinion on it well he gotta be he gotta be smarter then no, there ain't no doubt about that. But I, I think we've uh, learned that <laughs> Urosh is not going to change his ways. I mean, he's still doing this stuff 
even after Rick Barnes told him earlier this season that his antics are too much, that his antics are costing the team. And he had a couple of games where he cooled it off. But the last couple of games, he's been ready to to throw down. (laughs) You got to keep that edge, man. Just got to be smart about it. Uh, Vaughn Birmingham says last year's team was wild and sometimes it got them in trouble, but they gave us some of the best moments in Tennessee history across any sport. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But on the flip side of that, it, it crept up and really bit them in the butt when it mattered most. A thousand percent. Don't need to get in details, but a thousand percent. Brian says, what impact will Tennessee and Oklahoma have on the reorganization of SEC schedules? What do you think Tennessee schedule will look like after the change? Do you think Tennessee will benefit from a schedule change compared to other SEC teams? Uh, thanks. I think some years the schedule is going to be favorable. Some years it's going to be less favorable. But it's going to be hard because it's always hard is how I feel. But I do think it'll be kind of favorable if they go to the – it obviously depends on what format they roll with. But if they roll with the the pods and, and they have three common opponents and two of those three common opponents is Kentucky and Vanderbilt, hmm. I do think Tennessee has an advantage there. Yes. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, I guess the only team that you might avoid would be Georgia, if that would be the case. But you're going to play Alabama. That's that, you, you ain't running away from Alabama. You think that's written in stone? I think they're going to try to keep that on the schedule. But I, I I agree with you, but I, I don't – I'm not too, too confident. I could see that getting switched up because I, I think the SEC – now, it maybe has changed after Tennessee beat Alabama this year. But before this past season, I, w- I would tell you that I think the SEC values Alabama-LSU and Alabama-Auburn at this current time more than Alabama-Tennessee. And if you're doing the three-pod system – are you are you really going to give Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee as as part of its pod? I, I don't know that they would have done that. That's the, that's that's Alabama's rival. Yeah, but I I think you, you, it is for sure. I'm not saying that, but because Tennessee has been down, and again, I think it it, it probably changed a little bit now that Tennessee knocked off Alabama, and it reminded the SEC that hey, this is one of the sports' best rivalries. Like before this this year i mean it's been a decade to 15 years of alabama absolutely beating tennessee down while alabama and lsu and alabama and, and auburn have played a ton of all-time classics uh, so i i could have seen a scenario in in which the sec favored alabama playing those two teams than than playing tennessee because i don't think that they would have given alabama all three of those teams in its pod i don't think they would have done that auburn tennessee are more of a robbery rich in tradition than LSU. LSU is a new thing. Absolutely. But that that's why I wasn't as confident because I, I think that they might have fallen in love with the new thing and, and that budding rivalry and and kind of the classics that they've gotten since Nick Saban has, has been at Alabama. I, I could have seen a scenario in which they preferred that over Tennessee, but hopefully they, they don't go that route because Tennessee and Alabama needs to be played every single season. Well, LSU got some, they got the boot that they play for with Arkansas. They have Florida. That's a new thing. So I don't know, man. I I guess, I guess my overall point is like, there are going to be, if that is what they do. And honestly, no no matter what scheduling format they go with, there are going to be rivalries within the sec 
that are left out just because there are so, so many. Like you, you're not going to be able to still maintain every single rivalry game. You're, you're so just not many. because there's too many. So, so somebody's gonna we want there are gonna be a couple that not go away, but like that aren't gonna be played as frequently. There's there's not as many as you as you referring to. I I think multiple teams in the SEC have like three, four, five schools in which like you could make the case that those two teams need to be playing every year. For Tennessee, it's Alabama. Like you had to pick, it is. yeah, you had to pick one team. It's Alabama. Like, but every on like the, every team you play in SEC is, is considered can be considered a rival because like the competition is what it is in this conference. But like, there's one to two teams for every team that I think you can say, oh yeah, definitely a rival. Yes, but on the flip, I agree with what you're saying about Tennessee. But what does the SEC view? as Alabama's pecking order. Where's where does SC, the SEC slate Tennessee on Alabama's list? Hey. They're they're obviously going to Auburn first, but I I really could see like a scenario in which they favored the LSU game over the Tennessee game for Alabama. This ain't the first time the SEC has encountered some expansion. And when when Missouri and Texas AM entered the league, they made sure Alabama and, and, and Tennessee is playing. They preserved yeah. Georgia and Auburn. Yeah, but now you're playing the same amount of games with with more teams, so it it yeah. makes it more difficult to fit all the rivalries within the SEC in on a yearly basis. Like th- there are going to be rivalries that aren't played as frequently anymore. Yeah, I think, but I think there's going to be that one where they're like, "Yeah, we got to keep this going." Like you, you it, think- it should. I mean, uh, Tennessee and Alabama should not go away, yeah. uh, and, and hopefully, this past season's game was a nice reminder of of like Tennessee, Alabama is up there with, with absolutely any in the country, not, not even just the sec, but any rivalry game in, in the country when, when both teams are on like that, that is one of the premier games in college football. Yeah. I believe when they see it, man, get rid of, get rid of Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, I, I hope they don't. Cause you know how I feel. Eight, six, five, 255. Oh, We're going to go to the text box. When we come back, take your phone calls as well. 865-255-03. Ben McKee of Go Vols 247. Jason Swain here with you. Live from the Low T Center Studio. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Stay with us. Be right back. Still sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out how to buy and sell in this complicated market? I get it, and I understand why you're hesitant. That's where I come in. Call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I'm happy to help answer any questions you have, and whether you're ready to rock in two weeks or two years, I'll be here. Look forward to hearing from you soon, and go Vols! Fellas! Do you need an annual health exam? I recommend going to Low T Center to get your complete health assessment. They will check all of your levels, not just your T level. In most cases, it's completely covered by your health insurance. And if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and office visit with the medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T Center specializes in men's health making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book your online appointment. 
Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like the show on Facebook. All right, Swain event fueled by Day and Barbecue. Glad that you are with us this evening. Glad that you are with us if you are listening via podcast. Thank you for making Swain Event part of your day, regardless of the time of the day. Ben McKee, Golf Balls 247. Jason Swain here with you. I am live in the Low T Center studio. Right now, Hiller, pretty cool promotion going on right now. So if you need a new whole home generator or a new HVAC system, Hiller's going to allow you to Pick a prize between a 55-inch TV, Apple iPad, Solo Stove, or Nintendo Switch. If you need a tankless water heater, you want to upgrade, this is the perfect time to do it because Hiller is going to allow you to choose between a free 55-inch TV, Nintendo Switch, or Solo Stove. More details can be found online at happyhiller.com. Hiller's work is backed by their service. Is free guarantee. Happy you'll be, or the service is free. So great time right now to take care of your necessary home replacements. All right, we avoided the whole basketball talk um, for for the show, um, but I just feel like it's important. I'm going to quickly give you my take and my stance quickly on last night. This is the third time Tennessee has lost to a team that they have been uh, better than going into the game. It's also the third time Tennessee has lost a game where the team that they lost to made more free throws than Tennessee attempted. That's a thing. I love this basketball team. I love this basketball program. I think this basketball team has a chance to do something special this year, just like they had a chance to do something special last year. Guys got to play better. We got to coach him better. Julian Phillips, in hindsight, should have dunked it. Julian Phillips looked confused. He was thinking about what he should do. My question, why is that? Was he not told in the timeout, hey, if you get a break, open layup or dunk, flush it. If not, we want to pull the ball back. If that wasn't covered in the timeout or covered at any point in practice, you might want to just kind of look at yourselves and make sure that, you know, that he understands that moving forward. He's a freshman. And watching the game, I saw it on his face. He was thinking, man. He was thinking of making the right play for his team to win. And I appreciate that. Just was the wrong play. And uh, it was a mistake. That mistake wouldn't mean anything if our most clutch free throw shooter 
since he's been here at Tennessee, makes the front end of a one-on-one. And even that, we go into possible overtime if we don't sag off the game-winning shooter. So just a lot of errors there that will get you beat and bounce in the tournament if you play a halfway decent team. So you learn from that. You you move forward. Uh, this team is not a top five team, in my opinion. Uh, top 10, it's debatable. But it doesn't really matter right now. About the rankings, all that matters is the finish of the season and where you're seated, the matchup that you have, and, and playing your best. So uh, I'm not going to make, make excuses for any players or any coaches. You can't lose two games to Florida and Vanderbilt. But this team has a chance to be something special. I love watching this team. They're still appointment television uh, for me. I'll be locked in and loaded this weekend. I love how hard they play. I love how they play on defense. And uh, offensively, you just got to figure it out, be more consistent. But it's good to see Tyreek Key uh, getting his back, play more confidence. Julian Phillips had double-digit points. Um, hope Joe Sy Jordan James is okay. Can't go out there with two points. That's not going to work. Um, Zakai Ziegler can't get himself in foul trouble. He only played 20-something minutes. That can't be the case either. So it was cool to see Toby Awaka get more minutes in this game than all season long and have an impact. But he got tired. You could tell some of the mistakes he made late in the game. That's fatigue, in my opinion. But uh, I ain't down on this team. And um, I'm going to be locked in and loaded Saturday as we play Missouri. All right, Ben, anything to add there with basketball? Are you good? No. No, you, you and I agree on everything that took place. And I, I guess that goes back to, to you always telling me what to say. No, I, I, <laughs> I can't. Uh, no, I, I think you, you the hit script. the You got the script, huh? <laughs> I, I got the script. Hey, Arian Foster sent it to me before the show. Oh, man. I sent it to Arian. I sent it to Arian so Arian can proofread it. And then Arian yep. sent it to you. Yeah, he sent it to me. No, I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't have really anything to add. I, I I was more frustrated by Santiago Vescovi at the end of the game than I was Julian Phillips. And and I don't say that to to signal out single out uh, Santiago because he hit a big three a couple of minutes earlier to yeah. to tie the game, uh, and, and he struggled for for a majority of the night, but he made plays in crunch time. Um, so I don't mean to, to single him out, but I, I was more frustrated by missing the front end of a one-and-one. And, one. and honestly, the play that frustrated me the most was the very last play because missing free throws, like even if you're the most clutch free throw shooter and the best free throw shooter on the team, you're still going to miss free throws. It comes like, out, like yeah. it's, it, it's frustrating, but that's just part of basketball. Um, but what what you can 100% control is coming off of Tyron Lawrence in the corner after Rick Barnes said in the huddle before that final play that they were expecting Vanderbilt to get downhill or give the ball to Liam Robbins. And the one thing that you could not do in that situation was give up an open three and Santi helped. And, and it wasn't even helping to, to, to help on a, a free run at the basket, a free drive at the basket basket. Zakai Ziegler was on the, the ball carrier's, hips ball handlers I'm, I'm mixing up all my sports the ball handlers hip and, and like at worst it would have been a contested layup to to tie the game and go to overtime Santi did not need to help and um, that that 
was obviously a, a, a killer there at the end. So that was frustrating. And uh, th- this team has been frustrating to watch the last couple of weeks. But uh, ultimately, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, this team is going to be judged by what they do next month. And although they have plenty of things to work on, I'd rather them have a month to work on those things than trying to be sorting out these kinks going into the SEC tournament or going into the NCAA tournament. Am I confident in them making a March run right now? No, I'm not. Uh, There there are too many issues on the offensive end to where I think they can be consistent enough for three or four straight games against most likely the team's best or the sport's best teams in, in the biggest tournament of them all. So um, I, I am concerned about March, but I also recognize that they have plenty of, of time to get this thing corrected. And if they can make uh, an Elite Eight run, then nobody's going to care that they lost to, to Florida or Vanderbilt. It's it's frustrating right now, but they, they still have the ingredients to get better and make a deep run. And if they do, then nobody's going to care about them losing to Vanderbilt and Memorial Gymnasium on a, on a Wednesday night, February 8th. I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. So, I'll be locked in on on, on Saturday. It and doesn't get easier. No, it does It does not. It does not. This team has a, a great opportunity to, to prove themselves over these next couple of weeks. I mean, they do. Missouri is a, a good basketball team. You've got the, the best team in the SEC coming into your building on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, excuse me, uh, arguably the best team in the country. I, I think they're the second best behind Purdue, but they're, they're one of the front runners to win the national championship. And it's Alabama. Like, I don't care if it's football or not. Like, it's Alabama. Like, you you, you, you should be up for that game. And, and they will be. And, and then you go to Kentucky and, and want to have some revenge there. And Arkansas is getting better. Uh, yep. You know Auburn's got that game scheduled, the, the final game of the regular season. They, they want their revenge after how this – this, this past Saturday's game was just ugly. And in, in their minds, they were just absolutely wronged in, in, on that final play. So, you know, they'll, they'll want some revenge there. Um, so they, they have a great opportunity to, to earn some goodwill with the fans going into March and, and to, to better themselves going into March. But it, it's not going to be easy. And ultimately, like the star players got to play better. Santi yeah. made some winning plays there at the end, like I mentioned a moment ago. But Zakai... Santi and Josiah mostly did not play well last night. Your role players played the way that they they needed to, but that you need more from your star players than than you've been getting the last couple of games offensively. Hundred percent. That's Ben McKee. Go Vols two four seven. I'm Jason Swain. This is the Swain event. That is our time for this evening. We hope you have a wonderful evening. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of your evening and hanging out with us. For the great Ben McKee. I am Jason Swain. We hope y'all have a great one. Same time next week. Peace and love. We are out. Swain event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue.